the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Moses is arguing with God, and it's finally like God has it. And he says, Moses, don't you understand it was me who parted the Red Sea? It's me who's been feeding you day and night. It's me who gives you water. It's me who's making sure you know where to go. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Praise this morning as you're seated. Good morning, church. All right. Welcome to worship. It is Mother's Day. And I was doing some research this week, and I discovered something simply amazing. There are now over 8 billion people in the world, and out of those 8 billion, 100%, 100% of those people were born to a woman. They have a mama. Isn't that amazing? So we all have something in common. We have a lot to be thankful for. If you're a mother in the room, would you stand up real quick and let us just say thank you to you. Thank you, moms. Wow. What a difference you make. Thank you so much. In our service today, I hope you got one of our muffins, if you're allowed to eat those. Muffins for mommy. But, uh, Instead of giving you a carnation that would be wilted by the time you get home, we, we want to make a lasting difference. So our, our church is making a donation in your behalf uh, to an organization called One More Child. One More Child uh, serves mothers uh, of all kinds in distress. And so whether that's single moms who are just at a low point in life or whether that's moms who have been trafficked, uh, we are partnering with them for their Mother's Day offering. You can be a part of that too. I'll talk more about that at the end of the service if you choose to do that. But I recognize, yeah, praise the Lord. We're grateful for that. I recognize that this can be a bittersweet day. Um, for example, uh, we have for the first time in our life, both of our moms living in the same town with us. And uh, one is sickened in rehab, and one is just sickened in the bed today, so we couldn't have our moms here. So it could be something simple like that, that you're not able to be with your mom for some reason. Uh, for some, it, it goes deeper. For some, your, your mom has gone ahead of you uh, into eternity. Uh, for others, there are moms who are here who are just, this is a tough day because you've lost children, and that's something no mom should ever experience, and that, that makes it really challenging. Um, some may not have relationships that are good. That makes it difficult. Also recognize there's always folks here on a day like today that it's, it's hard because your life's desire would be to be a mom, and that's just not worked out for you. And uh, these are hard days even to be at church. I understand that. 
And then there's a group that have gone through uh, the pain of abortion for whatever reason, a life circumstance. And I know that, that that's something that stays with a woman. Um, and even though you have the opportunity to experience God's grace and forgiveness, the days like this just make that hard. So here's what I want to do before we go anywhere else. I want to just take a moment, pray and thank God for all you moms who are here. But pray aware of some of the other things that are, are going on uh, even in the room. So that uh, as we open God's word, all of that will kind of filter through his sovereign hand and his providence so that we hear and experience what he desires for us. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, um, wow, we come in the name of Jesus just saying thank you because you've given us a good day already. You woke us up, you put some food on our table, we managed to come together and be a part of the body of Christ gathered at church. We've seen a family committed to raising their children in a way that honors you. We've worshiped you, we've prayed. There's so much good and and we're gathered with hundreds of moms in this room alone who, uh, who Lord, some are, are struggling. They're struggling because they're weary, because that may be the toughest job in the world. They're struggling, Lord, some because of other things that they've walked through in life. Lord, and there, there's some other ladies here that are, are walking through challenges because of the things we mentioned a moment ago. So, Lord, I, I pray that you do what only the Holy Spirit of God could do. That you grant comfort and peace and wisdom and care according to your touch. And Lord, I pray that you'll do that even through the teaching of your word. That, that my words and my thoughts would be of you. And that they would not get in the way of anything you had once said. So that we would be given what we need that we don't have. And we'd be taught what we still need to learn. And we'd be made different because we're here. Lord, speaking of being here, I, I know there are some family members that are here because they love their mama, and they're trying to honor their mom today, and for some may not even have a relationship with you. So Lord, I, I, pray, that, I, I pray that your presence would be so evident that if today is the day you've intended for someone to experience salvation, that that would be so in the name of Jesus. So Lord, meet us as our simple prayer. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, so take out or turn on your Bible, however you've got it, to Romans chapter 16. You're going to want to follow along today. Romans chapter 16. We've been in the book of Romans for a year. Can you believe that? One year. We started in May. If you think you've heard all of the messages in Romans, let me see your, your hand. Anybody? Where have y'all been? All right. Uh, we have been, for the last several weeks, talking about the last five chapters in the book of Romans. This is a letter written by the Apostle Paul. So much of our New Testament is letters to specific churches, so to groups of people like us. This was written to the church at Rome, and it details what it means for a person to be saved through faith by the grace of God in Jesus Christ. And, and so the first 11 chapters really have dealt with the doctrine of that salvation, how that looks. So we've learned some church words like you're justified. Uh, we are lost apart from God. 
because of sin in our life. That sin is going to have to be punished if we don't look to Jesus. But God doesn't want us to be punished. So Jesus died on the cross, and when we look to Jesus, the Bible says that God makes it just as if I'd never sinned, just as if I've always obeyed. So when we're saved, we're justified. But raise your hand if you're perfect. Uh, you know, you're not. So we're being saved, right? We're being sanctified each day of our life. It's what we just prayed. We want to be more like Christ. We were justified when we looked to Christ, but we're being saved because we're being sanctified. If I could wear a sign around my neck, it would be the sign under construction because God's not finished with me yet, right? We were justified, we're sanctified, but one day we will be saved, right? Aren't you excited about that? We will be glorified. We will see Jesus face to face. That's what heaven is about. That's what eternity is for the follower of Christ. Three years ago today... Three years ago on Mother's Day, I sat holding my father's hand as he closed his eyes in this world and opened his eyes before Jesus. And for him, that was the moment he was finally saved. He was glorified. He, he saw Jesus face to face. That's the journey of the Christ life. We're justified. We're being sanctified. One day we'll be glorified. So Paul has spent 11 chapters in this amazing book just explaining that. The doctrines of our faith. The last five chapters of the book deal with the duties of our faith. He talked about the beliefs that we have. And then he's talked about the behaviors that we follow. He, he talked about the convictions that we stand on. And then he talks about the conduct that come as a result of those convictions. So these last few chapters, beginning in chapter 12, describe what it looks like to practice the Christian faith. Chapter 15, Paul concluded with a powerful and personal word. In fact, if I could sum it up, it would be with this phrase, our ambitions should match his agenda. We don't live our life just to fulfill our bucket list. It is not supposed to be just about what we want to do. Our ambitions should be driven by that which God has planned for us, his mission for our life. So I challenged you last week as we finished in chapter 15 saying, don't waste your life. And then we come to the final chapter in this amazing book in the Bible. And if you just read through it, it's kind of anticlimactic. Because it, it seems like just a list of names. It's like Paul just gets his friends listed in the Bible. I mean, if it were today, maybe this is his Twitter followers or his Facebook friends or the, the people he's connected to on Instagram. But then you take a deep breath and you remember, wait a second, all Scripture is inspired by God. It's what we believe. It's what it says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So when we open God's Word and we think, what is, what is this supposed to do for me? If you're a follower of Christ, the Spirit of God is dwelling in you, so you should you should pray and, and say, God, what is it you want me to get out of this? So what's the purpose of, of this list of names we're about to read? I think Paul was saying, if you believe Romans 1 through 15, then you're going to look like Romans 16. 
In other words, this is what the church looks like. You've heard all of this in theory, but this is who we are. This is what it's supposed to be. This is how you do it. And this is important because this is where we have a disconnect in our society. We're good at this moment. We're pretty good at it. We come together, we sing our songs, we open the Bible, we listen. Some of us even take notes. But then we go out into the world and we don't always look like what we say we believe. And so Paul is is going to give us full color commentary. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. But I want you to do me a favor. You got to give me some grace because this is a lot of names and, and a lot of them are not names that we use. So let's just dive into this and, and see what God is going to say beginning in verse 1 of Romans 16. Here we go. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in Sincrea. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but for all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets in their, their house. Greet my dear friend Eponidas, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who you worked very hard, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia and my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachus. No. We're not going to talk about all of these names, and we're not going to come back any deeper to Stachus, but I just need you to know that that name means ear of corn. So I'm still praying to the Holy Spirit about what he wants me to get out of that, but... uh, Greet Apelles, whose fidelity in Christ has stood the test. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodion, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus. Now, if you're familiar with the English language, that sounds familiar. And guess what? That meant then the same thing Narcissus means now. I mean, what was that parent thinking? We're going to name you a name that just means you're going to think it's all about you. We're not going to talk about narcissists anymore. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, 
They may have been twins whose women are worked hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus. You heard it. Say Rufus. <laughs> Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord. We are going to talk about him. And the mother who's been a mother to me too. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegian, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermes, and the other brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philogus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the Lord's people who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Favorite verse in the Bible of all college guys. And all the church of Christ send greetings. And now I want you to skip down to verse 21 where he has another short list. Timothy, my co-worker, sends his greetings to you, as does Lucius, Jason, Sosipater, my fellow Jews. And then I, Tertius, who wrote down this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, whose hospitality I and the whole church here enjoy, sends you his greetings. Erastus, who is the city's director of public's work, and our brother Quartus sends you their greetings. Wow. I kind of thought you would um, just give me a round of applause for completing that list. Thank you. Thank you. Now, if you're not careful, this just sounds like the credits at the end of a movie, right? And used to be at the end of a long movie, we would all get up and leave during the credits. But now, I just went to Guardians of the Galaxy this week. And, and so what you know is... There's more coming. They've tricked us. You've got to sit through the credits and see what's coming. But, but this kind of feels like the credits, like this is just all the people. We just need to get to the end. But there's so much more we can learn. For one thing, we see that the Apostle Paul had friends. You know what that tells me? The Christian life is not meant to be lived in isolation, we're not to do this on our own. That's why I believe in our nation in general, there's been so much depression and emotional illness that has come out of this season of COVID where people were isolated. We're not meant to be isolated. In fact, I would say to you, the Christian life was not intended to be experienced solely in rows. We gather on days like today in rows, and that's okay. It, it gives them order, allows us to fit people in here. But the Christian life is not meant to be experienced solely in rows. We were made for relationship. We're supposed to be connecting with other people. Paul didn't live an isolated life. He understood that we're better together. But there's more to this. Last week at the end of the message, I said, the only way you really know if the gospel has penetrated your heart is when you see if it's penetrated all of the important areas of your life. In other words, what I'm saying is, you know, you can come to me and say, I'm a Christian or I follow Jesus or I've been saved. I have to take your word at it. The only way we really know that about another person is when you look at their life and say, has it impacted everything? And I think the Apostle Paul is giving us a list. And he's saying, these are people that were changed by the gospel. In other words, this is how you do it. One day, we're all going to get to the end of our lives. And probably... Most of the time, it's been my experience, it, 
a big or a small crowd will gather and somebody will say nice things about us. Hopefully, at least our family. And then I, I hope my children and, and my precious bride, I hope they have nice things to say. I, I look forward to seeing Jesus face to face. And certainly I, I want to hear what is described in Scripture that, all right, well done, my good and faithful servant. But man, as my life is remembered, I, I would want people to look at my representation of living for Christ and say, now, this is how you do it. This is a life that was changed by the gospel. Far from perfect, but man, this is how you do it. And so this is a list that that is set of. So let's just go through the list. First thing I want you to see, when the gospel changes you, you have an attitude of service. When the gospel changes you, you have an attitude of service. So look at the very first person mentioned. I commend to you our sister, Phoebe. Phoebe, and you just thought that was a character in Friends. No, this is an important person in the Bible. And God's word says that she was a deacon. Now, we don't really know exactly what that means. That could have been the office of deacon in a local church. There is an office of deacon. We have deacons who serve in this church. Our, our church commends them to you. They specifically serve the widows of our church. She could have been in that office or it could have just been that word, which means to serve. But here's what we know. The Apostle Paul considered her a patron or a benefactor of a lot of people. In other words, her life impacted a lot of other people. It was a life that he says was worthy, a life that helped others. And then he says, including me. She has the heart of a servant. That name, Phoebe, it, it literally means bright and radiant. Don't you want to be known that way when you walk into a room? I mean, the kind of person that comes into the room and they just cheer it up. They make you smile. I mean, I've met some people that I think their name means dull and grumpy. I don't want to be that person. I want to be bright and, and radiant. You know, one of the most important things we learn, one of the most important things we learn is that Phoebe, apparently, was the mail carrier. She was the person who, who brought this letter to the church at Rome. And that may be the most important package ever delivered. Because now for 2,000 years, the church looks to this letter to help us understand what it means to know Christ and to experience salvation. But she's remembered as a servant some of you will be remembered that way. Not with your names on a big screen, but as a servant. I think of servants, I think of people like some of you I'm looking out at. I think of people like Mr. Ralph and Miss Pat D'Elia, who recently shared, you know, they had gotten away from church, but 9-11 happened, and like a lot of people in the world, it, it shook their world, and and they came back to church and asked for prayer. And they were in a class in this church. And this class prayed for them. And next thing you know, they were back plugged into church. They got to serving the Lord. And now for about 20 years, he's taught one of the oldest classes in our church. And he's just investing and serving in the life of people. He and Miss Pat behind the scenes on a regular basis. Now, I think of people, amen. I think of people like Charlie and Kim Fultz who just over a year ago came into our church, but they came in the front door saying, what can we do? 
And then they just plugged in. So most Sundays you'll find them uh, standing behind a camera or you might find them at the front door of the church just welcoming people in, just making a difference right where they are. Now, I think of people like Phil and Nancy Hernandez, who, who used to serve in, in another food ministry in our community. But when we took on our ministry center, that's now our six-mile campus, they said, we can do this here. And they began to regularly give back into that community. And most Friday nights, you'll find one or both of them there just serving, recognizing nobody may know they're there, but they're making a difference. I think of people like Mel and Connie Cooper who help prepare and, and make sure our, our guest impressions is, is ready to go. I, I think of people like Michael and Sharon Renner who have served our church in so many different capacities through children and students and on our safety team in other ways. I think of Del McKelvey who right now is at our Six Mile campus and on Friday nights and Sunday mornings, again, is just in the background. He's going out on the street serving homeless and on Sunday mornings, he's just making sure everything is taken care of. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Weekday mornings at 9, here on Faith Talk Tampa. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.